1: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
0: All right, Verderam, we're back. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. It's time to preview a big game this weekend for the Chiefs. I mean, anytime you can be on the precipice of winning eight games by, let's see, it's November 5th right now. So in the first week of November, it's not too shabby.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I think uh, you, you've you got to believe, if you're a Chiefs fan, that things have gone well so far this year. They and I know we'll talk about it, but they might be getting a little healthier. Um, they're already, considering the way things normally go in the NFL, very healthy. And they have an opportunity to roll up quite an impressive record, not only early on here, but over the course of the season.
0: Yeah, and they're very, for the most part, and I'm going to knock on wood here, very healthy. Uh, If that keeps up, they're going to be really tough to beat the rest of the way. Right. Let's talk about um, (laughs) this week. I just got to bring this up because it was really funny. So, you know, two weeks ago when Byron Pringle had his big game and he had the punt return, I tweeted out, hey, this is a – this is a Byron Pringle fan account now. I changed my, my name and my, my profile picture for the rest of the game and like kind of into Monday just for some fun. So on, on Sunday when we were playing the Jets and Tommy Townsend throws that, that gun, just guns that pass, runs a little curl route on a fake punt, uh, I got such a kick out of it, I changed my, my avatar again to Tommy Townsend. And I'm verified on Twitter, I think this is part of it, so like a little bit later in the evening I got a like a DM from a guy who I don't follow, Chiefs fan, and it, it was just sort of like a like yeah that was awesome game today or something and I was like oh yeah you know like sometimes you know, you know our followers reach out and they say hey like it was a great game Patrick and I'm like yeah right so I didn't pay much attention to it <laughs> and then the next day I woke up and I got another DM from another Chiefs fan I don't follow and this guy was like man you played great out there today. You made Chiefs Kingdom proud. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is what's happening here. This guy thinks I'm Tommy Townsend. <laughs> As I picked the, like, I got the Tommy Townsend, like, you know, official chief shot, and I was just cracking up. I had, to, I had to tweet about it. I tweeted it out. Like, it, my name still says Patrick Allen, but I had a couple of tweets out there that were circulating, one about how Mahomes should be the MVP, and I just think it, a lot of people saw it and just didn't look closely, thought I was Tommy Townsend. You know, to be honest with you, I, I, I like my life and everything. I wouldn't mind being Tommy Townsend for maybe a couple weeks. Like maybe I get a game check that, that could
1: help out. Uh, so I don't who should I, should I go to Mahomes next week? I think it's too far. I think Mahomes is a bridge too far. I think you got to extend to the radar. Maybe just go with like, I don't know, like a, like a Demarcus Robinson, a good player, but not like the biggest star in the world. So I, you know, I that might get suspicious when people realize you have two, you know, whatever it is, twenty 3,000 followers, and you're not, you're Patrick Mahomes. I, I, you, you might, you might get caught. You know what I? Uh, back
0: when, when his first season starting, when they were playing the Steelers, actually, and he threw I think six touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I tweeted out, and I was serious about this. I would have done it because you know Twitter never forgets. I said, if Patrick Mahomes beats the NFL record for for sets the record for single game touchdown so that's seven a a couple players have done it i believe including the great matt flynn uh who did it for the Packers. um remember when matt flynn got traded to the seahawks and i think it was him right and they it was the year that they drafted russell wilson yeah and and people were like and they paid him a ton of money he never stepped on the field in a, in a regular season game, I don't think. Uh, pretty pretty crazy situation. Good for the Seahawks. Worked out all right for them. Um, but but anyway, uh, I, I tweeted out that if Mahomes beat that record during that game, uh, or for the rest of that season, I think I maybe even included last season that I would legally change my name to last name to Patrick Mahomes uh, for the for the entirety of one year. And I got really nervous there for a minute that it might actually happen. Um, who knows what kind of confusion that would have caused if suddenly I, I was legally Patrick
1: Mahomes. That would have been funny. It would've been funny. And I think if you're gonna go all all in on these, you know, uh impersonations, whether they're accidental or not, I still think you should should do it. You should just change the name. Yeah. Go with it, have some fun. I you know what
0: I thought about that, but then I got worried, like, what if I accidentally get Patrick Mahomes' tax bill? You know, which Well then you're think, sunk. That'd be a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. So <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's get to some some thank yous. Uh, you know, we we've, we've gotten a lot of a rush of reviews. We did a contest recently, and I just wanted to thank some of you out there who are listening to the podcast, who are supporting us. It really means a lot to us. Uh, we've got a bunch of written reviews on Apple, so thank you to Brian Foss, Tutu McGee, great name, Minivan Man sixty nine. Gotta love that one. Borderline creepy, maybe, um, but uh, yeah, so funny. Yeah, uh, Mahomes Sweat. Blacko or Blaco Dark Draco. I guess it's Blaco Draco for the rhyme. Uh, the third. Blaco Draco the third. So we've got some a good lineage here. Uh,
1: we also have, uh, I got one DM to me. Okay. Um, by a guy whose name is COVID owns Nebraska, which I think <laughs> is, is probably fair. Yeah. Uh, he's at the Wolver Drive and he left a very nice five-star review. I'd like to thank him for that. I uh, reached out to me. So I just wanted to, Wanted to uh, toss that out there and say thank you. Really appreciate uh, really appreciate you listening and, and thank you for the review.
0: Yeah, it's awesome when you guys do that. Uh, also, thank you to Chief John. Thank you to that that awesome. Uh, thank you to Love Casey Chiefs. Thank you to Howdy Howdy Halfie. Thank you to Bronson R and to T Jury Twenty Seven. You guys are awesome. There's others out there who have left us some reviews. Thank you. And I also wanted to say. Congratulations to our first giveaway winner, Graham Oldfather, who won the really awesome sort of multicolored frame picture of, of Patrick Mahomes. I may have to get one for myself. They were running a uh, special at Fanatics the other day. Price dropped down to under 40 bucks. So check that. Out. I don't know if that promotion is still going on. But if you needed to decorate your, uh, your Chiefs fan area of your house, that's a pretty cool-looking, good option. And we know, Vertram, you've got an incredible uh, sort of uh, fan cave down there in your office, which is sort of a tribute to, to not just the chiefs, but to sports in general, which is pretty cool. You've got some really awesome pennants behind you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I know we don't uh, do this podcast on video. Maybe we should at some point, but I, I love, uh, vintage stuff. And so I decided a long time ago, a long, long time ago, when I moved out of my parents' house, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get some stuff for when I get a two bedroom apartment, I'm going to, I'm going to use one of the rooms and kind of have some, uh, Sports memorabilia, and so I went out and I got uh, pennants from the real early 70s, I believe 19 – I think they actually are from 1970, of all the original AFL teams. So I just have those kind of running as a border around part of the room. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely have some cheap stuff in here. You know, Len Dawson signed mini Helmet. I got a full-size Andy Reid signed Helmet. I actually got that in person years and years and years ago before I started covering the league. Um the only Mahomes thing I have is just a, a big 16 by 20 poster of the cover of this of SI when they won the Super Bowl. So, nice. uh, yeah, that's yeah, been, uh, it's good. It's good. It's a, thank God I had the room and my wife would have left me because I would have had to put, I would have had to put all that up in like our living room and, right. uh, that wouldn't have flown at we, all. I, so. it, you know, I
0: think is great for, from a decorating perspective, but, uh, yeah, same. my, my, my wife is the same way. She that's got to go into a, a place that's not, not the living room, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, she, yeah, Stephanie does not believe that uh, the Patrick Mahomes poster of of them winning the Super Bowl should be allowed up uh, right when you walk in the door. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, we t- we we briefly talked about just you know hanging a picture of Patrick Mahomes on the ceiling above the bed. Not going to fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just so can, he's knocking
0: a- about every day when you wake up, right?
1: shocking i'm shocked it didn't go for a while it didn't
0: fly um okay thank you for listening to the arrowhead Attic podcast please leave us a review over at apple podcast all right let's get into the game the big preview is what we're here for so the chiefs are seven and one they're awesome the panthers are three and five uh the spread is last i checked minus 10 to the chiefs so chiefs 10 point favorites on the opening line has that moved at all have you seen that so 10 uh, Ten and a half. 10 and a half nice okay So, money on the Chiefs. All right, let's take a look at the injury situation for the Chiefs and the Panthers. For Kansas City, Mitchell Schwartz, our Hall of Fame right tackle, dealing with the back issue, still, did not practice on Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday. It looks like maybe he takes another week off, uh, which would be fantastic for him if the Chiefs can get by without him because then he can rest through the bye week. A new name on the injury report this week was Frank Clark. He's got a knee he did not practice. Have you heard anything about Clark this week, Burram?
1: I, I I haven't, but I think the the general belief is that it is not anything significant. That basically he just had a little bit of swelling in his knees. So I, I I don't think it's something that is going I think it's more maintenance than it is actual concern.
0: Yeah, definitely a guy who knows the system, don't want to run him into the ground on the practice field. Sammy Watkins, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury, we know those can He's had a history of hamstring injuries, and we know that those can linger for receivers. it just be a problem throughout the course of the year. So the Chiefs are rightfully being cautious with Sammy because they're going to need him down the stretch. He was limited. I could see them sitting him out one more week just to let that baby heal up. The Chiefs receivers have been playing well, right?
1: Yes. By the way, as we're doing this podcast, a statement just came out from the Chiefs, Uh, which is never a good thing. The club was notified this morning. If you're just listening Thursday morning, a staff member has tested positive for COVID-19. The individual solved quarantine under the team's medical care and contact tracing is taking place. Uh, the team is now an in intensive protocol per the, what the NFL does. Um, the chiefs will hold practice on Thursday and then out of precaution, the facilities will be closed and meetings will be held virtually. So, um, the team will and then it it closes with the team will continue its preparation to play the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. So it doesn't sound as though the game's in jeopardy. So it doesn't seem as though right now they think any of the players have tested positive, it's just a matter of a staff member. We don't, and I don't that that could be, by the way, that could be a coach, that could be someone in the training team. There, there's a lot of different people that could be. So just tossing that out there. We've seen COVID run rampant this week in the NFL. A lot of it, although this morning's been wild. The Bears shut down their facility, okay, because the offensive line's been hit with it. Now the Niners who play the Packers on Thursday night football. It's been – now there's multiple reports that all these tests are – there was a false positive with the Niners uh, for Kendrick Bourne, the receiver. But because he tested positive originally, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams, who are all close contacts, all have to miss tonight's game, even though all of them now test negative. That's, that's so that awesome. is a brutal blow for the Niners, who are already all banged up. Uh, gift for the Packers. But in any event, just wanted to toss that out there. Uh, I know we're talking about the injury report. We can get right back to that. Yeah, Watkins being limited. We'll see if he plays on Sunday, but that's good news. He hasn't practiced in weeks, so he's back out there moving around. It's not on the injury report yet because he hasn't been uh, officially activated, but LeJarius Sneed, the corner, and we talked about this on the last podcast, said I had a source close to the team telling me that it was likely he'd be back right after the bye. Well, now he's back practicing. They have they have a three-week window to activate him. So he's right on target. That's great news. He's been out since he broke his collarbone week three. So um, source there is correct. And then look, uh, I think if, if you're looking at the rest of the injury report, everybody else is listed as a full practice. You know, Charlton, Fisher, Jones, Naughty, Reader, Saunders. I mean, all those guys should be fine unless there's some weird kind of setback. So the Chiefs appear to be in, in very good shape. We'll see, Again, we'll see if Watkins can go. We'll see if Snead, they activate him even before the bye. though my understanding is it was more likely it'd be after. Maybe a, a great week of practice would change minds. And with the Panthers, really nothing to talk about. Jeremy Chin, their star safety, rookie safety, didn't practice with a knee injury. But outside of that, not, not a whole lot to write home about.
0: It would be really nice to get Snead back out there. I guess it's just really a, it's a, it's a matter of what's the risk for re-injury, right? How, how healed up is that bone? Does, two more weeks here, obviously. This isn't, a, isn't an injury that takes forever to heal, a couple months, so a couple more weeks can make a significant difference if not. But they may just be trying to get them back out there, get them moving around, get them back in the football mindset, especially since there's a bye week coming up. And he's a guy that's going to be really crucial for them down the stretch. If he plays late like he did early, and you got to figure things might be even easier for him with Bashad Greeland back in the lineup. Those two hadn't played together yet. So that's a big, big, uh, big key for the Chiefs on defense.
1: Yeah. And, and look, the Panthers have guys who can challenge you, right? I mean, this is a team. I think everybody just looks at them and goes, oh, they're three and five. DJ Moore's on pace for more than 1,200 yards. Uh, he's a hell of a player. Robbie Anderson, who came over from the Jets, who got liberated from that disaster, on pace for over 1,400 yards receiving. They're getting Christian McCaffrey back this year, who last year went over 1,000 yards both in rushing and receiving yards. Like, they have guys, and they don't have tight ends. They, they, they're very weak at tight end, And they don't have a third receiver in terms of just a, a pure wide receiver. But between McCaffrey, Mike Davis, who's caught the ball well for them as a running back, who's also run the ball well, those two receivers, Carolina's got a lot of weapons, and Bridgewater's more of a game manager than anything else. But it does stand to be pointed out, though, that Carolina does have guys who can beat you, and they have been able to hit the big play at times this season. And they can score; they're
0: they're putting up around. I'm yeah. not sure what the average is, but you know they're putting up around 20 points a game. They can score into the 30s. They remind me a lot of the Raiders. They're, they've got some weapons on offense. Defense I agree. isn't very good. But you know, it, it would be a game where if the Chiefs let their guard down, especially with McCaffrey coming back into the mix, they've got some home run. They've got a home run hitter there that can really mess things up for the Chiefs. So they need to be sharp on offense and especially on defense for the Panthers. Not really any major injuries. Safety Jeremy Chin's got a knee. He did not practice, but he's a backup cornerback. Corn Elder. That's a heck of a name, Corn Elder. Uh, he's got a neck. It was limited. Defensive tackle, Zach Kerr, he is a starter. He was limited with a toe. And then Russell Okun, a notable name there, a tackle limited with a calf. Uh, So who have the Panthers beat this year? They're 3-5. and We know that, right? They beat the Falcons. They beat the Cardinals, who are a good team. The Falcons stink. Uh, But they can score. The Falcons can score. So they managed to keep up with that offense. And they beat the Chargers, who we also know are a pretty good team. Uh, They've lost to the Falcons as well. They lost to the Saints by three. They lost to the Bears by seven, and they, they got creamed by the Bucks, and they lost to the Raiders by four. So this is a middle-of-the-road team. This is a team that could end up at eight and eight, a things, couple things break their way. It, so definitely not a, a game that this isn't the Jets. Chiefs better come ready to play. Um, so some of the, some of the stats, I get a, a great breakdown here from our friends at FanDuel. So Carolina is averaging 22.4 points per game. This season I did have that written down how about that oh no, preparation I forgot I did this early in the week um, that's that's 25th in the NFL so we know it's teams are scoring it's not been great for defenses this year but 22.4 points a game that's pretty respectable even though it is coming in at 25th Carolina is surrendering 24.1 points per game that's why they have a losing record uh, but that's good for number 13 in the NFL the Chiefs are averaging 31.1 points per game this season. That's fifth in the NFL scoring. And they're surrendering 20.4 points per game this season. That's good for ninth in the NFL. So you could see this game being you know, a Chiefs 27, Chiefs 30, Panthers 20, 21, 17, somewhere around there, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, look, the Panthers are a respectable team. Like you said, this isn't the Jets, okay? This isn't the Jets. The Carolina can move the ball some, and you know we mentioned the injury report earlier. I do think Jeremy Chin playing or not playing is is a big deal. He was, I believe, the defensive rookie of the month in October for Carolina. He was good, so he can play. Um, and he gives them a nice little rotation back there with Trey Boston. Look, I do this column every week for Fan where I break down three stats that are kind of a deep dive. You should know. Um. The biggest mismatch in this game, in my opinion, for Kansas City, the Chiefs are third in the league in third down conversion rate, 49.5%, which is excellent, obviously, third overall. Carolina's defense is 31st in getting off the field on third down. They give it up 54.2% of the time. That needs to be where the Chiefs really can pull away and win in this game. When it's third and three and third and six and third and five, Kansas City's got to be able to convert those. And the problem the Panthers have is they're not good at getting pressure they're one of the worst teams in the league at getting pressure and so when you have that issue against the chiefs as we all know uh you know and mahomes has a little bit of time typically he's going to win his his battles with your defense and so i think ultimately the chiefs offense matches up really well with carolina's defense but I mean, carolina's defense is just not built to stop kansas city's passing and they don't have the corners for it um it's it's just it's going to be a struggle for the Panthers. Look, if you look at a lot of the defensive metrics this year, and you mentioned some of them already, I won't bore people to death with stats, but yards per play defensively. Carolina's right around the middle, um, you know, against the pass. Uh, I mean, it depends what stat you want to use. But Carolina, I mean, they give up a a completion percentage of 69.1. They're 27th in the league against in that regard. Uh, You know, they're just – they're not built to to stop people from throwing the ball. However, I will say this. They are good at keeping things in front of them. They only give up 6.6 yards per attempt. And if you're wondering how good that is, it's tied for second with the Chiefs. So something to keep in mind. They try to keep you in front of them. They try to make you stall in the red zone. And my last stat for you is, so how good are they in the red zone? Well, uh, if, if you look at it percentage-wise, they are 11th, 58.6% in the red zone. So there there have been but don't break defense the Chiefs are going to have to try to make him break on third down and they will have to watch out for Bridgewater in that
0: he can move a little bit he's rushed the he ball can't. 30 times this year for 161 yards a 5.4 average clip and he has one rushing touchdown he's been running you know earlier in the season they started their season off with a couple of losses so when when McCaffrey was in there you know they uh they weren't he wasn't running as much but Lately, he's you know, five, five rushes last week for 30 yards, two for 10, eight for 48. So there are some games where he's, and, and particularly you know against the Bears, he ran eight times for 48 yards. You could see that being a similar game for the Chiefs where Casey's getting after them. They're, they're pretty good at taking away the pass. They're focusing on McCaffrey, and so he finds himself in a little bit of trouble in the pocket and needs to take off. And that's going to be important for the Chiefs because it's just going to enable Carolina to move the chains Kind of keep drives alive, especially if they're handing the ball to McCaffrey a lot. So it's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting game. The Chiefs can't let their guard down. But this is a team that, in the games that they won, they scored 23, 31, and 21. And they held their opponents to 16 points in two of those games and 21 points. So if the Chiefs get in there and they score over 25 points, they're probably going to win the football game. right? And as you pointed out, the Panthers don't get a lot of pressure. So if Patrick Mahomes is able to stand back there and sling the ball around, that's just going to be a big problem for the Panthers. Back to the yeah. outline here. Uh, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Okay, he's he's had an ankle. Uh, he took. He, now he's still on IR, just like Lajarius Sneed. So he's not showing up on the injury report. He's been limited. He was limited last week in practice. Uh, he just had his first padded practice on November fourth. Panthers head coach Matt Rule said that he looked sharp, but they would see how his ankle responded. And I think that's important. By all all indications are that McCaffrey will be back on the field against the Chiefs. But we should keep in mind that if he's out there, he's in pads, he's running around, if that ankle starts to swell up or something on him, they might decide to keep him out. But they'll have to make a decision here pretty soon of, of whether or not they want to activate him from IR, Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could do so on Saturday if they want to, but um, look, he's a great player. He's a great player. Not good, not pretty good. And how good is he? So last year, he averaged 4.8 yards per carry, had 1,387 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns, right? Like that alone makes you a top player in the NFL, top 10 player in the NFL. Then he had 116 catches for 1,005 yards and another four touchdowns. Overall, 2,392 yards from scrimmage, 19 touchdowns. It's pretty good. Like that guy is modern day Marshall Falk. Okay. So you're going to have to account for him all the time. Now, assuming he plays, the, the interesting thing I wonder is how did the Chiefs try to guard him and match up with him? Do they put a Tyron Matthew on him, drop him down the box? Do they try to guard him with a linebacker? They put a Willie Gay on him. He's probably the most athletic guy the Chiefs have, but he's a rookie. He hasn't played a ton of snaps. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm playing three safeties this whole game. I'm playing Thornhill and Sorenson deep. I'm playing Matthew on McCaffrey. Anything they think he's going to throw the ball, that's how I guard him. And, I, and, and by the way, if you don't want to guard him on a certain play with Matthew, I'd put a corner on him. I would be willing to give up some rushing yards to keep him from beating me in the passing game. That's how I feel. We'll see if Spagnola feels the same way. Who knows? He knows more about football than I ever will but that is the way I would adjust if I'm Kansas City but he, he presents problems and and a lot like the Chiefs love to do with their backs you know Carolina they'll move McCaffrey all over the board he'll be everywhere yeah and
0: it's it, chiefs have had problems with backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield you know they had some issues with Aaron Jones last year he got a couple screens going and some big plays for them so that's been an issue with some of their lack of athleticism at the linebacker position that's why they drafted Gay So maybe we'll see that kind of come to fruition this week and see that that draft pick paying off. Or maybe it's Tyron Matthew. Uh, It should be interesting. But no doubt, Christian McCaffrey, he's the one that could break this game open for the Panthers against the Chiefs. So hopefully he's still a little rusty. Wouldn't wouldn't have a problem with that if uh, he's a little slow out of the gates here. Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we've got a fan question. We're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. We're going to get into our predictions for this game. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We are previewing Chiefs versus Panthers. So in this game, as far as the Chiefs offense goes, this this Panthers defense is just not very intimidating, right? I mean, they've, they've played pretty well against the pass, but against a team like the Chiefs with most everybody healthy it's going to be pretty hard for the Panthers to slow down the Chiefs. Would you agree?
1: Yes. I think the Panthers are going to have a very, very hard time stopping Kansas City.
0: And that's been the key, right, is for teams to get some pressure rushing for against the Chiefs. I don't think the Panthers are that kind of team. They just don't have the horses in the stable to do that. So as long as the chief, we just, we got to watch out for these. Again, we talk about this all the time. The chiefs guys just can, don't be your own worst enemies. Don't be dropping passes for first downs. Don't be running stupid plays. You don't need to run or getting too fancy. I think this is a game really like the jets. They didn't do a lot of fancy stuff against the jets either. They just kind of came out, ran their offense. That should be mostly good enough here. Get the ball to Travis Kelsey, get the ball to Tyreek kill. Is this the game where we see them maybe lean a little bit back more into the running game? Is this a big Le'Veon Bell game?
1: Could be. depends on how Carolina plays them, right? I mean, the Chiefs have shown the last month that they're pretty much going to play how you want to play, and they're fine with that. They can win either way, and they have won both ways. I can see this being an Edwards-Alaire-Le'Veon Bell game, for sure, because the Panthers, as I pointed out earlier, they like to play a little bend but don't break, which typically means they're going to back off. They're going to play a little deeper. You want to run against that kind of defense. So, Yeah, I think that could be the case. And listen, I also think, too, in this game, you said it earlier, and I think you're right on, this is a lot like the Raiders. And I don't mean that in the sense that the Chiefs are going to lose if they lost the Raiders. The Chiefs did everything imaginable to lose that game to the Raiders. If Kansas City just comes out and just plays a good, solid game, it'll win. The biggest thing in this game is you cannot give up the huge play. And offensively, you can't make the crippling mistakes. You remember against the Raiders, the Chiefs scored two touchdowns that were taken back by penalties. So they lost by eight. Those penalties cost them ultimately 11 points because one of those drives ended up in a field goal, the other a punt. I think if you're the Chiefs, yeah, balanced offense. If Carolina starts giving you an opportunity to throw the ball, hey, great. Let it rip. Uh, if not, and they want you to run, that's fine too. Then run the football. I, Yeah, I expect Carolina to try to give them a balanced look considering how the Chiefs have played the last couple weeks.
0: Do you worry about the Chiefs looking ahead to the bye week? And as an extension of that question, do you worry about them on the bye week with all this COVID stuff, maybe going and hanging out at the wrong place? You know, That's, I feel like, the biggest concern for me. Everybody's locked in. They've been locked in all season. Coming into the bye week, Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah, it just makes me a little bit nervous that they start thinking about that time off.
1: Yeah, uh, on both counts. Yeah, I do. I I think, you know, look, we've all been in a situation where we're at work and it's Friday and we have the next week off. And I don't care who you are, and I hesitate to say this on a company podcast, but let's be real. Those last few hours, you're kind of looking at the calendar going, "Yeah, I'm kind of on vacation. I got two hours left, but... You know, I, I already wrapped up all my work. I've, I don't have any pressing I've got to do. That's human nature. I don't care who you are. It doesn't mean you're not a hard worker. It's just it's reality. So the Chiefs can look at this one of two ways. You can either look at it like that, or you can look at it like, hey, let's just put in the work, let's take care of business, and then we get a whole week off and we can relax. Um, I tend to think the Chiefs will do the latter. They're a very professional team. They have been really since Andy Reid's arrived. So I tend to think they'll handle their business. I also think it helps her at home that they'll they'll have that juice. Um, but do I worry about it? A little bit, yeah. I'd be lying it and then the, over the bye week, I don't worry about it because I think they're gonna be irresponsible, but I just worry about it because again, you know, it might be a week where, hey, you know, my brother's gonna come into town. Hey, you know, my my parents are gonna come into town. I mean, these are these are 20 some odd-year-old guys. Like, I that's normal. Um, and hopefully nothing happens. But yeah, you know, there's always that risk that something could happen transpire that would not normally happen during a week where you're working and you don't have time to see your family or your friends or what have you
0: it starts to happen to me at about 4 30 every day I start you know like I'm like oh That's man honest. you know you start getting hungry for dinner and all that stuff start looking at the clock it's it is you're right it's human nature they could overlook yeah. it I'm sure that Andy Reid and the coaching staff are drilling into these guys hey listen you've done a great job the first half of this season we're seven and one this is an NFC game. We don't play these guys very often. You need to be on, mind your P's and Q's. You need to be focused uh, and get in there, win this game. And I'll we'll tell you what, like you're going to get some time off, right? Because if the Chiefs head into the bye week at eight and one, they're not going to be dragging them back out there to get extra reps on the practice field. They're going to tell them to you know sit in the sit in the ice bath, get in the hot tub, relax, take it easy for a couple weeks, recharge. Because when they get back, it's time for a Super Bowl run,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. I, look, as much as we just talked about concern about focus and whatnot, here's, here's what I'm not worried about. When they come out of the bye week to get the Raiders on Sunday night football, let me tell you something. If there's one week this year they're going to be really focused for a game, it's going to be that game. Like, I'm not a big better, never have been. I would bet a significant amount of money if I were on that game. I don't even know. The, who knows what the spread's going to be? I would bet it's a Chiefs conference. They are going to come out with a point to prove on, on national television. By the way, in a dome on turf. That is going to be – I would expect that the Chiefs come out with a little something for the Raiders. So, yeah, look, if you win this game this weekend, you're 8-1. and one, You're going to the bye, hopefully healthy. you got the seven games coming out at the bye. Their schedule is not hard. Okay, you got the Raiders, who I, I understand they lost. to. Let's be real, they should beat the Raiders. They get Denver at home later in the year on a Sunday night. They get Miami, which is uh, – listen, Miami's played better, but the Chiefs certainly should win that game. They're home to the Chargers. or are home to the Falcons. The only two games you'll look at and say, hey, these games are real challenges are at Tampa, which is the week after the Raiders game, and at New Orleans. Those are the two games you'll look at and you say, hey, the Chiefs are going to have to handle their business. But certainly they're capable of winning all of them.
0: Yeah, they certainly are. I, I don't know if there's any footage of that victory lap the Raiders took around Arrowhead Stadium, but if there is, I'd have that on a loop starting immediately after the uh, the Panthers game in the clubhouse for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, the Chiefs, I mean, they, they've been incredible. They've outscored their opponents by 101 points so far this year. Nobody else is really even in that neighborhood. The next closest, I think, is Tampa Bay at 82 points. So um, right. they're, they're they're just, they're kind of, I don't want to say under the radar because they're the defending Super Bowl champions, but there is an element of this team, right? Like, all right, everybody knows the Chiefs are good now. They know Mahomes is the best player in the game. So that's kind of what happens, right? Everybody looks for the next shiny object. Ooh, what about the Steelers? What Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens, like even they've lost some of their luster. Everyone's looking around for for some of these other teams. So that's, I think that's fine by the Chiefs just as as it was fine by the Patriots for a decade plus to just go about their business, go 12 and four, go 11 and five. Go 13 and three, get in the playoffs, be in the mix right at the end, right?
1: Nobody wants to vote the same person for prom queen twice. Okay. Like that's just the way it is. Nobody wants to see the same prom king twice, same prom queen. It's just, it's just reality, right? Like people want to see new blood. They, they, you know, they, root for you until you get to the top of the throne. And then they root for someone else to knock you off. And that's just human nature, right? Like King of the Hill. Every kid played that growing up, right? No, nobody roots the same kid to get to the top of the hill all the time. And at some point, some kid takes it too far and dies at your knees. Okay. It happens. That's playground mentality with football and sport. It's no different, right? Like, I mean, you're a Cavs fan of basketball. And to be fair to you, a Cavs fan, well, before LeBron showed up, like, it was cool. And then after a while with LeBron, it was like, oh, the hell, with LeBron, man. Like, MJ's better. Like, it's, that's, that's just that's sports. Yeah, Believe yeah. me, there's going to come a time where everybody in the league hates Mahomes except for people that are Chiefs fans. It's just going to happen. If the, if the Chiefs win four Super Bowls with him this decade, he's going to just be Brady. Like, that's it. People are just going to hate him because he wins too much. And with the Chiefs, look, it's not a biased thing to sit here and look at the Chiefs right now. See, they're the best team in football. They are. Their point differentials better than anybody else. The eye test they pass are better than anybody else. They're they're great offensively. They're really good defensively. They're incredibly well coached, but it's not exciting or sexy, and it certainly doesn't drive ratings to get on television and be like, you know what I think the Chiefs are good. Okay, great, thanks for coming. It's right. just it doesn't it doesn't move the needle.
0: Okay, so. Let's get on to our fan questions, and we'll have our our preview or our our final score predictions for this game in a bit. We got a great, you know, as we tell you, if you leave us a question on Apple Podcasts, we will answer it on the podcast. I hope I haven't missed any. Please keep in mind that sometimes it takes those reviews a little bit of time to update for us to be able to see them, so it might skip an episode, so if you can ask questions that are maybe not specific to that week, at least in the reviews, uh, that are more sort of Larger questions about the Chiefs, I think that helps in us answering those. If you if you got a more immediate question, hit us up on Twitter. Okay, so this question is from Chiefs John. He really went all in for it, so I'm going to read this thing out.
1: Okay,
0: I fully realize that the defense the defenses are employing the supposed book on how to defend Mahomes with two high safeties, three four man rush, drop many into coverage. But I'm tiring of being of it being a foregone media or even player coach conclusion that you got to take what they give you, or that obviously the Chiefs won't take deep shots now. My question is, why can't an offense with this swagger and this talent be the ones who dictate what, what happens to the defense? A great defense dictates what happens to a bad or mediocre offense, but why is no one talking about, as Walter White said in Breaking Bad, we are the ones who knock? I followed The Greatest Show on Turf very closely as a fan and never once heard... One of the team or the media say, "Well, it was fun while it lasted, but they started putting safeties way back, so obviously that ended, and the fun uh, ended. The fun, and we had to change completely. It's frustrating to hear, see, for what is in theory a historic Chiefs offense with championship swagger. First of all, thank you, John. That's an awesome detailed question. And anytime you can slip yes. in a, a Walter White Breaking Bad reference, I'm going to be on board with that. All right, Verterim, what do you what do you make of that?
1: Okay, so it is a great question. And I I don't mean to insult the great Chiefs, John. You know his that comment reminded me of? Al Davis of the Raiders. He, because he used to always say, we don't care what you give us. We're going to take what we want. And I think that's a really good question. And I also think there's there's a nuanced answer, and I'll try to be concise with it. So I think during the regular season – you take what they give you to some degree if you're Andy Reid because you are so diverse and so talented all over the offense that you don't feel like you're losing a ton. I think that's why they drafted Edwards and Lair, by the way, because they realized teams are going to play us like this more and more. It happened at points and t- at points this season last year, but they couldn't run the ball, so they had to keep forcing it. Now they run the ball really well. They're a top-10 rushing team. It doesn't feel like that, but they are. They Edwards and Lair is third in the league in rushing yards behind – Only Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. So I think part of the answer is the Chiefs don't mind doing it because they feel like it's a winning strategy. They can control the ball a little bit more, so on and so forth. That said, I do believe that come playoff time, they will dictate how they want to play offensively. And how do they do that? So I will go to one of the most famous plays in Chiefs history, Wasp. They knew that game. The Niners were going to play a cover three, and they were going to rush four the whole game. That's what the Niners do. That's what they still do. Robert Sala, that's a defense they play. They're very rigid in that. And that defense is built to take away a lot of the deeper shots. All that is, for anyone who doesn't understand it, is cover three means you have one deep safety that is in in charge of the middle third of the field, and you have your two outside boundary corners that are in charge of the outer thirds of the field. And the other safety drops down and plays a shorter zone, typically in the middle. Okay. So the idea is that you always have three guys back deep on wasp. The chiefs dictated what they wanted to do. They wanted a shot play and they took it. And what they did was, and I know a lot of chief fans are familiar they' watch this a thousand times Watkins runs what is essentially a deep in and occupies the corner on the left-hand side of the field, who's supposed to be getting depth, but doesn't. He drives on that route with Watkins. Hill runs right at Jimmy Ward, who is the deep safety in the middle of the field, runs like he's going to run straight across his face. And the second Ward turns, Hill goes to the vacated side on the left where the corner is supposed to be, but isn't because he's on Watkins, right? That is a textbook play of, of how the Chiefs, dictated what the Niners were going to do. They put Mosley, who was that left side corner in a complete bind. He couldn't win either way. I believe that the chiefs who, by the way, also did this against Baltimore and the Ravens blitz like crazy in week three. And the chiefs just said, that's fine. Here it comes. The chiefs, when they want to can dictate, but Andy knows that they're so talented that they don't have to do that every week. They can win without showing a ton. They can win without trying to force the issue. So I think it's it's smart by Andy, even though it is at times frustrating. But I also think that you should know when they need to do it, they will do it. They have shown that over and over and over and over. So I wouldn't worry too much, but I do understand the frustration aspect of it.
0: Yeah, and he needed a ton of time to get that play off, right? Like the, yes. there's thing, a lot of things have to go right for when they have those guys back like that, that you've got to fake them out a little bit. But look, I mean, t- trust me, teams – Oh, they've got safeties back there. The Chiefs get big plays all the time, right? We see the scheming and the and the offensive routes that Andy and the team deploy confuse those safeties. And it, with the speed that the Chiefs have, it only takes one second. I mean, there was a there was a deep safety on that big play to Tyreek Hill last week, and he got flat-footed for a second, and Tyreek Hill ran right by him. That was it. It's over. Too, too
1: tough, right? Yeah, and. Look, yes, and, and also, too, and I, I didn't say this because I think for yeah, this is kind of an obvious statement, but look, if a team is going to play two deep and three deep, they're gonna, like, your, your odds of completing a, a successful deep ball go way down. By the way, the Jets, because they're the Jets last week, were like, you're not running the ball on us. Throw it. And Mahomes went for 416 and five touchdowns. Like, that's and, – and by the way, that's going to happen at times. You're going to get teams – like, if they play Pittsburgh, let me tell you something right now. You're going to see the Chiefs take shots against Pittsburgh because you know what's really interesting? Everyone talks about great Steelers defenses, and look, it's very good. But they're very much like the Buddy Ryan school of defense. They bring the house. They also, however, rank dead last in yards per completion against. If you complete a pass against the Steelers, the average is 13.2 yards. Wow. So the Steelers, they're going to bring the heat. But if you can beat them to a spot, or you can pick it up, you can hit huge plays. And so a defense like that, which is very similar to Baltimore's defense, the Chiefs are going to take their shots and light them up. And I, I I, think you have to just keep all that in mind. You really, it's, just, it's about styles. You know, if the Panthers play constantly deep in this game, the Chiefs are just going to hit them underneath. They don't care. They're willing to do it because they know they can win that way. Right. And I think in a way to John's
0: question, I do think the Chiefs are dictating things, right? What, what they're seeing from defenses are defenses reacting to playing the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have got enough horses in the stable and enough weapons to be like, all right, you want to play it deep? We're going to throw the ball underneath to Travis Kelsey. He's going to have 12 catches. He's going to eat you alive, right? And like we saw it earlier this year with the Texans. The Texans are like, all right, we're not going to let you beat us deep. Chiefs are like, all right, our rookie running back in his first game is going to run all over you. And it's going to take us a little longer to score, but we're going to score. And as long as they execute in the right. red zone when they get down there, there's there's not a whole lot these teams can do. And I think to your point, Matt, you said this on Sunday Night show. You were like, man, I think the Panthers are going to be looking at this film and watching the Chiefs just light up the Jets. And they're going to be like, ah, crap. Like, we cannot let these guys light us up like this. We're going to have to back off. And so it could be a big running game. And, and, and you know, defenses, they try to mix it up too. Because if the Chiefs yeah. know what you're going to do, then then – they're they're going to know what to do on offense, right? So teams try to mix it up and I think that's what the Jets tried to do, right? They weren't like just blitzing like crazy the whole game, but they tried a couple things. It didn't work. They weren't talented enough and the Chiefs smoked them. And and I think that's how it's going to be moving forward. And and no doubt Andy Reid has the most extensive playbook in the NFL. He's got stuff he hasn't even busted out. I, look at look at the Super Bowl. What was it? Rose Bowl right parade was that what it was called? Yeah. Like I mean that it wasn't it was it was a lot of, a lot of window dressing, but it confused the defense for long enough that they weren 't sure where the ball was getting snapped they imagine if you 're out there, you watch it on TV and you 're like, well, all they did was rotate over and then it was a direct snap and like the, the 49ers probably weren 't too surprised i 'm telling you man, like they, they don 't have it with all those motions and stuff that the defenders are out there they 're looking around they 're trying to figure hold on wait 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 where's my gap now right now everybody 's gaps have changed on defense their assignments and that 's that's a little bit of a problem because you
1: only have a what a second to process that.
0: And well,
1: it, it's also hard and that's a great point, but it's also hard because on that specific play, I had a great vantage point because I was at the game. I was right. I was in the auxiliary press box, which is, which was behind where the chief's end zone was painted. So I was right down essentially behind the pylon and it's a hundred yards away, but I was looking straight down the field. And when they did that, there was clear confusion. And part of the reason was when all the chiefs spun three of them moved to the right. But if you look at the play, Damian Williams doesn't move. He spins, but he just spins in place. And so if you're the Niners, you have this illusion that everybody moves. You're like, who the hell are they snapping the football to? Like Mahomes was under center. Now he's not. Now there's in, 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 Retrospect, you'll look at it and go, "Oh yeah, of course." But but the Niners don't have retrospect. They have half of a second to figure out what the hell's going on, and by the time you do, you're right, you're out of your gap. You, don't, you know, maybe you're a, a split second late coming off the ball. All that's in like that doesn't sound like anything, but in the NFL, that is everything. That is the game. I mean, look, you talked any pass rusher in a normal year. I mean, this is obviously a year where there's no fans in a lot of stadiums. But what is the difference between being at home? and being on the road, getting off on the snap count, that is an enormous difference. Right. Like, like I, People don't like, .2 seconds in the NFL is the difference between a stonewall and a sack. It just is. So, yeah, all that stuff adds up.
0: It really is incredible. When you see these defenders make plays in the backfield, like when a team just needs to move the ball literally inches, you would think, I mean, look, as long as they don't completely whiff on their block, they're going to they're gonna convert every time. And time after time after time, these defenders – shoot through a gap, make a guy miss and make a tackle on the backfield and actually lose yardage when you got a 200 pound man running full steam ahead. And I think it's, it just illustrates one, how is your, to your point, they got to get off that ball. If they guess wrong, they're going to be offside or they're going to wait that extra fraction of a second to make sure that they don't, they don't jump into the neutral zone and then it's too late. They've lost their leverage. It's over. They have to time things perfectly. Look at the, The when they lost the the Chiefs, lost to the Titans last year. That I swore up and down that that guy was offside when he blocked that field goal attempt, and he wasn't. It was literally perfect, absolutely incredible. He doesn't, he doesn't
1: time it. The Chiefs probably win that game, right? I mean, that's the NFL. Yep. And you know what? Look, I'll I'll just, I'll wrap this whole segment up here with this. Think about last week when Matthew, Tyron Matthew, jumped in the backfield on a jet sweep and tackled, I think it was Berrios, for like a six-yard loss. If you look at the replay of that, um, Frank Clark is yelling at at Matthew before they even snap the ball, before he even goes in motion. They recognize the formation. Those two guys are yelling back and forth to each other. They knew it was coming. Like, that's great film study. I remember watching it live, and then right away when they showed the replay of it, you could see – I mean, it just – you could see Matthew was so ready for that. He didn't even – I mean, he just broke right for the spot, made the play. That kind of stuff, that's the difference between a play that maybe goes four yards, five yards, and negative five yards. In the NFL, <laughs> that kind of stuff changes games. And kudos to the Chiefs for being prepared. And that showed, by the way, to me that in a week where they're playing the Jets, they know they're going to win the game. They were still doing their work, and they were really prepared. So kudos to that.
0: All right, we're going to take one more very fast break, and then we will be back with our game score predictions for the Chiefs versus Panthers. We'll be right back. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. All right. And we're back, the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. It's time. Your favorite time of the week is when we predict that the Chiefs will win. This used to be when I ran Arrowhead Addict and and, and I think when you did too and you were doing your game predictions, you know, you never knew how it was going to be each week. You were you were predicting the other team maybe beat the Chiefs. Chiefs weren't so good. They stunk when I ran the website um, that's not the case anymore. I mean, there there's really how many once you, early in the season, you predict them that they would lose to the Ravens. Uh, um, yep. I don't, I think that ship has sailed. You're not worried about the Ravens anymore. Um, no. do you, not uh, after that. before we get into our predictions for this game, do you see a game the rest of this season that you would predict the chiefs to lose bearing that there's no significant injuries or, or anything like that?
1: I hate to spoil the next nine weeks, but uh, no, <laughs> no, I mean, I think the closest I'd come, depending upon, like you said, the injury report, is Tampa. But Tampa blitzes like crazy. And if there's one thing we know about Kansas City, they they will destroy them if they blitz. I don't care what they're doing behind. It's enough. Right now, uh, no, I would pick the Chiefs.
0: Are you scared of Antonio Brown?
1: No. No, I'm not because the Chiefs defense, their pass defense, one of the best in the NFL. And I don't know what you're going to get out of Antonio Brown. We're going to find out. The Chiefs have the benefit; they're going to see it for a few weeks. So, right. no, not not right now. Maybe my answer changes in a few weeks, but no, not, I got I got to see him go out and play well and be on the team by the time they play the Chiefs.
0: Okay, so for this game, Chiefs Panthers, I'll I'll give you the honors of going first here. What is your final score
1: prediction? Thirty-three to twenty. I I think it's. A good game, the Chiefs kind of pull away as they go on. Look, I'll be honest. When I saw the line, it, uh, by the way, the early line was 12. Then it went to 10. Wow. Now it's 10 and a half. Okay. My initial thought was, oh, it's a high line. Carolina's actually been pretty decent this year. But then I went and looked. 16 of the Chiefs' last 17 games, they're 16 and one. Okay, so they've won 16 of last 17. And every game that they've won, they've covered. Like. <laughs> I got to pick them to cover. I have to pick them to cover the spread. So I do think the Chiefs will score a lot of points. Bridgewater has been okay this year. He can run hot and cold, nine touchdowns, six picks. He does complete a lot of his passes, but it's a lot of yards after catch stuff. I I just think they're going to have a hard time moving the ball against Kansas City consistently, and I think in the red zone they're going to bog down sometimes. So I think 33-20 to 20 is about right.
0: It is one of those games where, like like when you're playing a, a Raiders team or a, a scrappy Chargers team, that, yeah, you know, it could, be, it could be close or it could be one of those games where, because of the talent discrepancy, the Chiefs just blow them out. Like, it's just yeah, a game it's where totally possible. the Panthers come out a little flat and the Chiefs are humming and they end up winning by three touchdowns. So, I'm with you. Chiefs victory. I've got it Chiefs 34, Panthers 23. So, that's – we're pretty close. You have Chiefs 33 – panthers 20 i got 34 23 we'll see how it all plays out um any any parting thoughts for the the arrowhead addicts out there before we head into sunday this is an afternoon game right yes noon
1: um yeah sit back and enjoy it last cheese game for the bye i would say this you know what there's a saying amongst players in the nfl that once you get towards thanksgiving that's when it really starts that's when you start cranking it up if you're a contender you know, you, the first couple of months are about kind of establishing an identity, getting those wins banked. That last six, seven games, it's about now, okay, let's build to the playoffs. and Let's get rolling. Um, you're approaching that. One, you know, the next time the Chiefs play after the Carolina game, it'll be November 22nd. You're, you're getting there. and You're getting there in a hurry, right? And that'll be the last game for Thanksgiving, obviously. So, I think right now, like we're having a lot of fun. It's been great. We should have a lot of fun, hopefully the rest of the year. Hopefully they win our Super Bowl. But I would say that yes. Um start thinking about, okay, after this Panthers game, hopefully they win, get the bye, get some guys healthy, maybe a Mitchell Schwartz type. And then you come back and it's it's about getting to that one seed and and seeing how far this team can go. But I think right now, halfway through the year, you gotta feel really, really good about where they are. Don't forget this time last year, they were five and three, and Mahomes was hurt. They are in far better position right now than they were a year ago. Yeah, and after Mahomes got back, they had
0: one stumble, and that was it. So almost didn't lose a game for a calendar year. It's pretty impressive. Chiefs are good. All right, uh, if you like what you heard on this podcast, you guys can subscribe to us. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google, Amazon, Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Again, please help us out with those reviews. They mean a lot to us. Uh, we'll be doing giveaways and some things here in the coming weeks. We're we'll Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a written review. Leave us a question. We will answer it on the podcast. And uh, as always, you can tweet at us. We're on Twitter. Who would have thought? He's at, at Matt Vertiram. I'm at, at R. Patrick Allen. Please make sure you follow at Matt Connor AA, the lead expert over at Arrowhead Addicts. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. For Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Chiefs! People, some people are putting their Christmas trees up already. Can you believe this?
1: I know, I want it so bad. My wife won't let me. So you're you're big. You're that's right. You're a big Christmas guy. Christmas is my entire life. Yeah. Like can- I, I would, I would, I would do unspeakable things for Christmas to last longer. You so. can you getting a uh, are you going to get like a little tree for your office down there that's a great idea
0: right you got room I for didn't
1: it think about that but now yes